Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. Today, we've got a big topic that we've all been there, done that, got the t-shirt about, and that is making yourself wrong. And what do you do with that? (laughs) Yay. We we talked about your t-shirt drawer last week. You know, my my t-shirt drawer is full of the making myself wrong t-shirts. I could have them for years i think probably without having a repeat <laughs> you mean making yourself wrong t-shirt you know like the been there done that like, got the oh, t-shirt oh right i bought the t-shirt <laughs> yeah, right, so, okay, right. um, i was like i don't really have a t-shirt this is i make myself no, wrong I, <laughs> we should make we that. should make that t-shirt <laughs> we might need to market yeah. those <laughs> i'm a master at making myself wrong yes. yeah that's funny <laughs> oh so true so uh yeah so yeah so lead us in here jay like uh we are all here doing it and and now what well, you know, I mean, making yourself wrong is something that is like an automatic. We always do it. Um, but one of the, what I wanted to talk about specifically is, and this came up for me this past week, and then it, it, and I was able to shift it, especially by being on the phone with a client who had the same issue. And this happens to me a lot where I'll run into something and I can't see the forest for the trees. It's like I can't see my way out of it. And then the next second I get on the phone with my client, with a client, and they have the exact same thing happening. And then all of a sudden I'm coach and I can see it. <laughs> like, oh, oh that? that's what it is. God, it's so frustrating sometimes. So what I wanted to talk about moreover, it is about to give up making yourself wrong. Uh, but... So I want to talk, come from the perspective that you've been doing the work for a while, because this is the thing. Once you've been doing the work for a while, you're able to start observing yourself. And that's the whole key, right? We want to start separating ourselves out from that neural pattern that runs all the time, Mm -hmm. right? So something happens and then boom, I mean, it just goes, right? And you can see it happening, but then how do you stop yourself from either... Uh, so what you normally see is you being an asshole. <laughs> like you can normally, I mean, it's, and you know, I say asshole, but that runs the gamut from being somebody who's cranky to somebody who's being jealous to somebody who's being not compassionate to somebody who, you know, like all those small, right. all those things that we call small, right? So the goal is to be able to watch small happen and not make it wrong, right? Because all that is is your past playing something out, Mm -hmm. right? Some neural pattern. It's some way of training yourself that you've trained yourself into, some way you've dealt with fear, some way you've dealt with how to survive, right? And so our goal is to be able to watch those things so that we can get curious and start figuring out, why am I doing that, right? Why am I creating it that way? That's our game. Yeah, yeah. And there's something happens when you first start becoming aware that instead of, you're aware, and instead of the first thought of, oh, let's get curious, instead the first thought is, oh, I really am an asshole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you see yourself doing that, and you go, wow, I'm a real jerk. I can't believe what a jerk yeah. I am, you know? And so the first thing I want to talk about is, like, the and this will happen with my client, right? I had a client who is um, having some – actually had something happen to her physically where she is having – to let people serve her, right? She's having to receive. So all of us can relate, not all of us, those of us that are, you know, raised as codependent and perfectionists and all that stuff, man. It's really uncomfortable to let other people take care of us, right? And serve us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, skin crawl sometimes mm-hmm. for those of us that are wired up that you know, a lot of us, I'm wired to serve, so I don't like to be, I don't like other people to do it for me. And then what happens is sometimes even if they do do it for me, I'm there judging and assessing why they're not doing it the way I thought they should. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I <laughs> so just do it myself. So she's noticing that, right? She's noticing how uncomfortable she is, how judgmental she is. How, you know, like she's making her partner wrong and, and then by the time she gets on the phone with me, she's making herself wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a very similar situation right before I got on the phone with her where I saw myself doing something and I was end up making myself wrong for feeling that way. And so the, the first thing I said to her, which I couldn't say to myself initially once I said it to her, I was like, Oh, (laughs) there you are, Jay. Good work. (laughs) So that, First thing I said to her was, could we step back and acknowledge the fact that you are even conscious that you're doing this? Yeah. Because I've been working with her a while, and I'm telling you a year ago, she would have been like that, but she would have had no awareness that she was being that way. Yeah. Oh, I totally understand that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know, a couple, three years ago, Becca, you would have just been doing your business or whatever you know, with your family and been being how you're being and you would have just been like, well, that's just how I am or there's no consciousness that you have any way to change that or to make it different or to, you know. So the first thing I said to her was, let's first, instead of making yourself wrong, let's celebrate (laughs) (laughs) that you are conscious enough to be able to see yourself doing that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that, yeah. When you can do that, then you have shifted, right? Then you've you've shifted gears and you're like, whoa, yeah, I'm getting acknowledged instead of beat up. Yeah. (laughs) Which changes the energy. And immediately it changed her energy. It immediately changed mine. Like when I think about it, it's like, oh, yeah. Come from the place of being grateful that I can observe myself doing those things and being that way. Right. So incredibly, yeah. Right? Isn't that powerful? Like I really... Uh, like I said, I was up against it myself. And then I get, this happens to me a lot where I'll have something I'm dealing with and I can't think my way out of it. And then I'll get on the phone with a client. They'll be, Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) I put my coach's hat on with somebody else. So I was able to do that for myself. First of all, it's like, Oh, I'm actually conscious enough to observe myself feeling this way, to observe myself making up this story even. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't know, sometimes it's hard to, that story is so true that it's hard to see myself out of it. But if I, but just being able to acknowledge the fact that, oh, look at me here on the observer seat, looking at myself doing that, I was able to, that shifts me a little bit because it gives me some place to celebrate rather than to come from make wrong. Right. Oh, Which yeah. Which shifts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can just even feel it. I mean, just even thinking about it from the perspective of, I mean, I'm not even thinking about something specific that I've made myself wrong about, but like celebrating the fact that like, I've I've figured it out. Like, I mean, I figured it out that this is not a good, good, good thing to do. So now that puts me in a whole different place of power in order to figure out what steps to make next, you know, like that's a, that's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And I can share, you know, you and I've I've shared a lot with you, and I don't know how, to be honest, now that I think about it, I don't know how much of my journey I've shared with our listeners around my kids. But one of the things that I can can use this as an example is like I would get so 
angry at myself and had such a big story that I'm a terrible dad because when my dad would come flying out of me and I'd be that guy I don't want to be right with my kids then I used to make myself wrong and beat myself up that I was you know I'm a bad dad like that's the story and so if I just use this example the first thing that started happening was I started going oh look at you being able to at least observe the fact that you're doing that instead of being completely unconscious right that you're doing it so that was the first step and then the next step is to start getting in an inquiry right so because that story that puts us in those emotions of victim and fear is a story <laughs> that's because we're not we're not ever a victim right mm -hmm. we're, we're making all this current ones creating it so why are we creating it that way right we're always asking i'm asking myself that why am i creating it that way well if i create the story that i'm a bad dad then i'm a victim right yeah then i'm right then i'm then i'm not responsible for it if i'm just a bad dad well you know i'm a terrible person right yeah <laughs> i know yeah. and i get out of it, right then i'm rotten and yep. then i don't have anything to do about that yep i can just and so do. so there's this this world of I was listening to Marianne Williamson, A Return to Love, which is her version of The Course in Miracles. And one of the things that she says, which I think all of us can access because we're, we can access our own inner being, is, is making a request to be able to see it differently. Mm -hmm. Can I help me see this differently? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even if we requested that, some people might request it of God, the universe, I could request it of my inner being, whatever you want to come from. But there's like, once you can see it, then there's an opportunity to ask to see it differently or to start to be open to seeing it differently. And sometimes, depending on how embedded it is in your past, it could take a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's take like, a while. this is going to take but, a little bit. <laughs> but it's a muscle, right? It's a muscle to flex. So with my kids, one of the things I had this breakthrough around it, just, I mean, I'm not kidding, just the other night, right? Mm -hmm. I was talking to my brother, and I finally got it i had this like aha you know opening for myself where i saw that i had it that if i wasn't perfect if i wasn't the perfect dad then i was then my children were having the experience that i had when i was a kid oh yeah yeah <laughs> right and that's not the truth no that's no. not even close to the truth Right. I mean, and I don't want to get all dramatic and everything, but I was, a, you know, that my dad was a scary guy <laughs> and you did not, you know, and this came up because I was telling my brother, you know, say back to the conversation of uh, lack. I, one of the things I've been doing is looking at my history with money. Mm -hmm. One of the first things, my first memories of money is asking my dad for 50 cents and being holy hell terrified. Yeah. To ask my dad for anything was terrifying. It was a horrible, terrifying experience yeah. <laughs> for a little kid. Oh, right? I, yeah. I, I put myself in that position just emotionally. The fear that comes up in me is like, oh, my God. Like, it just it grabs a hold of me, you know? Yeah. And so I really got the other night that I had it in my head that if I wasn't a perfect dad, that my kids were living their lives as fearful as I was when I was a kid. Oh, wow. That is not the truth. No, that is so that's far not, from the truth. 
No. <laughs> no. My kids are not afraid of me at all. No. I mean, they are not having that experience. And so it's so crazy to me. But that's as I've been transforming how I deal with their behavior and learning new tools to deal with their behavior because I didn't have any. Right. right. <laughs> because right. all I knew was how my dad did it, which was like, I'll kick your ass. Right. My dad was like, I'll just kick your ass. And then that's all I have know to do. And that's the only tool I had. But I didn't phys- ever physically do that. Right. I didn't actually put my hands on him. I just didn't know what to do. So I would be angry. So anyway, as I've been chipping away and getting better and better and better at that, it has been a muscle to flex around like letting go of first making myself wrong while noticing, being able to notice, then give up making myself wrong and instead celebrate that I can notice and that I can clean it up with them when I do fail. And then this is a whole new level of getting to where I can obs- I can get curious and start to observe about where is that where is those where is that pattern coming from and what story am I making up that gives me all this emotion in there uh-huh, uh-huh. the stories I'm clear I was making up is I got to be perfect yeah and I have to be perfect at and I had you know perfectionism runs me everywhere which is why I created progress not perfection and but I didn't realize it was running me there. It's always a surprise. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. You're like, oh, well, of course it's running me there. It runs me everywhere. Why wouldn't it be running me there? It's ridiculous. It's totally, totally ridiculous. But there's always, so there's also so much pressure around parent. I mean, take away the, the, you know, all of the history that you have that's just the general pressure of parenting and that fear of failure is like so strong. Then you add on another layer of the story that you've had from that. And it's like skyrocket. I mean, like, I don't know how, I mean, that's, that's a huge thing to get around. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go back to where we started though, because I don't want to lose this. This It's so important because what happens is, we still, even though we can observe ourselves and we can be grateful that we're observing ourselves, there's still this emotion that's left in us from whatever story we're telling. Yeah. So if the story is I'm a terrible dad or if the story is I'm a terrible partner or I'm a mean person or, you know, I'm an asshole, whatever it is, there's emotion that goes along with that, Right. And how do we feel that emotion without diving into that story being true? Mm. Okay. Without getting into being a victim or anything else. How do we how do we shift it? So the first thing I think is to ask to see it differently. Because if I have a different story, if there's another story that comes along that has me be powerful, part of it is like being grateful that I'm observing in the first place. That's a different story, right? But being asked to shift that story. But I also think, and I'm still in the inquiry around this. I don't have all the answers by any stretch. But I do think that there's a level of energy, meaning I need to move my body and get that energy out of me. Okay. And I don't have to validate that the story is true to validate that there's emotion that needs to be processed. How? Does that make sense? <laughs> it that makes too, sense. That make sense. It totally makes sense. So the story is not true that I'm that I'm a bad dad, right. right? But there's clearly emotion that comes up for me around that, and there's fear from my past that comes up around 
like my own, like around money, right? So money is a good example because if I I think about that fear of asking my dad for that, (laughs) oh boy, if I think about that fear, okay, that fear in me needs to process out. Right. I need to get that out of my being. So So I don't care if it takes me going to work out or it takes me going and feeling that emotion for a while and crying it out. Or, I mean, I just feel like you've got to get that out of your body. Right. And I think the more we don't, the more we just shift the intellectual piece and we go, oh, we're going to tell a new story. And that gives us an aha moment. And then we feel better, at least in the moment. I assert that that if we don't process through that emotion, that it's easier to come back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why these things keep coming back up and up and up. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again. Right. Yes. And I've always thought of it as because... I had this story and it, I went, went, and so whenever time and place I created that story, then I kept telling myself that over and over again. And so I had to sort of process through each of those times that I had told myself the story. But really it's, if I can, if I can process through the emotional part of that original moment of telling, starting that story of, you know, that I'm bad with money or that, you know, I am an asshole or whatever it is, then if I can process through the emotional part of that, then I'm going to get through that a lot faster than just being able to say, okay, I'm shifting. I'm letting it, I'm turning it over. I'm letting it go or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so true. I mean, I think, cause it's, when you think about the physical response that you have, I mean, that's, yeah emotion. I mean, that is, that's not just the, I mean, intellectually, I can say I'm not an asshole, you know, or intellectually, I can maybe step myself out, but I still feel like an asshole. (laughs) You know, I'm still sitting here going, I'm an asshole. Or you feel like a victim, even if you can shift the story, I'm not a victim. There's that emotion left over that has you, and it's probably from the past when you did feel victimized. That's the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, if I felt victimized when I was a kid and then I carry that same, that vibration or that pattern. So I keep attracting, like one of the things that I do is I, one of my stories that I'm continuing to, to let go of and, and, uh, hope to not recreate, (laughs) but, 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 you know, I still do sometimes is that I'm always getting left out or I'm always getting ripped off or I'm, you know, like that. Right. right. So that happened to me a couple of times when I was a kid, in particular around money. This is another issue that I'm that I'm looking at around money, where I was so codependent that I gave up what I really wanted for somebody else in terms of money. Mm. So here's an example. I'm a li- I'm a, I'm eight years old. I got a lemonade stand. I'm making bank with my lemonade stand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Small town Kansas. <laughs> Me and my niece are on the corner. We drug a desk out from my house. We've got lemonade. We're we're making bank. I got a little got a little cigar box my dad gave me to keep my money in, all this stuff. Along comes a kid up the street's pa- grandparents. There's a kid that lives up the street. His grandparents come by and I'm, you know, selling them some lemonade. They tell me something like this, and I don't remember exactly, but it was something like, We'll buy a bunch of lemonade if you let the kid up the street come and be part of your lemonade stand. Right Mm, now I was so codependent and didn't know how to, especially, which is totally inappropriate for, for adults to do to a kid. I'm like, that was effed up to begin with. That was a fucked up thing to do to a kid. Yeah. But so I'm put in this situation at eight to like, feel like, Oh, well I have to include people and I have to do what mm -hmm. adults tell me to do. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't have the boundary to say, you know what? I've been working all day on this fucking lemonade stand. I'm not giving away half my profits, <laughs> you know? And I wasn't savvy and business savvy enough at the time to go, well, uh, he can ha- he can come down and play with us and anything we earn from the time he's here until we close, then we'll give him a part of that. I end up like be- saying yes and then giving this kid a third of, because we had a third, there was three of us then by the time he joined us, a third of my profits for the day. And I feel what? Pissed off and ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally yeah. ruined my experience of my own, my first lemonade stand. Right? Yeah. And it wasn't my first child. You know, I was a, always an entrepreneur as a kid, always doing stuff. So, you know, that's just one experience where like, had I had the, the, you know, and how can I, I could go make myself wrong for being an eight year old and not having the sense to say, hell no, <laughs> take your dollar. And I, I, you know, like the no, yeah, like, but I didn't I don't think so. I said, yeah. yes. And then over and over again, I have created experiences like that, right? Where I don't stand up for myself or I don't, I'm put in a position where somehow financially I'm end up getting ripped off. Well, and then you think about it too, in that position that you were in, there's also probably something around, um, people, I mean, in terms of people just taking, you know, I mean, there's like a, I mean, there was a, there. There was a take well, in that. And it that. depends on what story we put on it, right? So the story, the, the story that was the is the most true for me as I'm telling it right now to you is I get ripped off, right? So there's an emotion with I get ripped off <laughs> that needs to come through and get out of me. Totally. And I would assert that if I don't, then I get ripped off vibration lives in me and I continue to create it over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Mm, yeah. Now – I Even think if you're not thinking can... about the eight-year-old in the oh, lemonade no, no. stand. Yeah, you're not conscious of it. It's not a conscious no. thing. Yeah, and but you don't then... sit there going, I get ripped off, I get ripped off, I get ripped off. It's just that vibration. I think that that's important right. to like yes. notate. I think because... you carry that in your body, personally. Yeah, yeah. I think you the, carry it with you. Those big emotions, those big <sighs> moments yeah. that happen with your life. The ones those... you don't ever forget. I never forgot yeah. that. Like you yeah. never forget that kind of stuff. It's stuff, and maybe there is stuff that you're blind to, you don't remember, but there's definitely moments, I think, that moments like that that you just, oh, those things you never forget, they, you carry them with you. Oh, but so yeah. let's say I shift the story, okay? Let's say right now as an adult, I can ask to see it differently, right? I can sit with myself and be like, you know what? I could come from a different perspective, and I could say, God, I was a generous kid. Mm. What a generous kid I was, that I was able to go, you know what? <sighs> Sure, let's include him. Who cares? It's only money. It's not a big deal, right? right. Now, yeah. I will say, as I'm speaking that, my BS meter is going off like crazy. I was going to say. <laughs> I was my- like, I was good with like, what a generous kid. But then you kept going. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> my BS. My B- <laughs> So funny. My BS meter, my BS meter is just like, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite to that story yet, but I could get like, my point is if I can shift the story, right. right, Then there's still that, that, that creates a different emotion, but that old emotion has to be processed through for me to be able to shift the story. Right. Oh my gosh. And I I mean, shift it intellectually for a little bit. But I yeah. would assert that if I'm not pressing through that emotion that turns me into a victim, then, 
you know, that had me as a victim, then I can, then I'll continue to show up as a victim. And so somehow I've got to figure out how to process that emotion without buying into that victim story and can, and can, and continuing to give voice to, and that's what we don't want to do in our adult world right now. I don't want to give voice to, I am a victim or I am, I get ripped off all the time or I always get left out or makes sense. I've totally, totally. I because I know. I don't want to keep yeah. creating it by speaking it, but I would assert that just carrying that vibration, I could keep creating it. And part of the, part of the healing is to get myself healed from that moment when I didn't stand up for myself or I didn't do what I thought I should do. Also give up done that I don't know builds on itself year after year after year and there's that part of you where then you become more you know at the time as an eight-year-old you know little girl standing by the side of the road selling her lemonade it might have been the emotion was like there's fear of an adult telling you what you know talking back to an adult I mean there's all these different things that go up but then you start to justify it not justify it you start to get you add new emotion to it as you become more like aware of the fact that that was a fucked up thing that those people did, you know? So then you add anger and you're like, that's bullshit. And then, then it's like, then you get mad at you're, you're adding different layers of the story to it as you get older and you keep replaying the story in your head. It's like, there's, it's not just the singular emotion, even of that moment. It's like the years that that moment has affected you. Yeah. That you got to well, process. Well, then you make a decision. Like you make a decision that creates all the resistance around it mm-hmm. with something like, I'm never going to get ripped off like that again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then that I'll never, boy, that's an invitation. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you might as well say, just open the door for every opportunity for me to get ripped off possible because <sighs> that's resistance. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of resistance. So it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's very complicated. Um, and I hope that we're breaking it down to have it make sense for people. Uh, because my my whole point is, you know, there's it's a worthy inquiry to be in as to how do I shift the story so I'm not affirming and creating myself as a victim right now. Uh-huh. And this when I have stuff happen right now, when I have something I'm disappointed by right now that resonates with that eight year old disappointment. Right. Right. And most of the time we are not conscious of the fact that it's resonating with that eight year old. I'm pretty conscious of like I can go back, but not all the time. Like I don't know where that's coming from all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Point yeah. is in this moment right now when I have a disappointment in my life or I have something happen in my life, how do I shift the story so I'm not a victim, but also process the emotion through and get that out of my being so that I'm not carrying it with me and also so I don't feel like crap <laughs> right that's we want to feel good that's the, one of the main things we want to feel good how do I process that emotion and stay out of that victim mode wow so I think the first step is to be grateful that I can observe mm-hmm. I think that's a very that's key and when I got that yesterday with my client I felt like oh man that's the thing yeah it's be first of all grateful I'm conscious enough to be observing that I'm doing this because, I mean, how many of us would just do it, you know, and how much of our day is unconscious? Yeah. Oh, my you gosh. Know, yeah. Most of us that are awake. How much even, just yeah, even if you are doing this, I mean, we still move through so many different things. Oh, God, yeah. Unconscious. And we, and then, especially when I think it, when I think when it comes to those, 
those deep-seated emotional responses. Like, we were talking about this the other day. Um, some girlfriends and I, we were talking about that moment that you're, like, driving down the street, and all of a sudden, like, it, it, for whatever reason, something that you did that you, like, are so embarrassed of or so shamed, you know, like, you're shamed of what you've done, It like, it, in college, you know, will pop into your head and that it like literally like strangles you with embarrassment and you're like, do whatever you can to like not think about it. And so you're just like, you push it away, push it away. You know, you're like, ah, or you're laying there in bed at night and you're like trying to go to sleep. And for whatever reason, that stupid thing you did when you were 10, like pops into your head and you're like that you're just right back there in that moment and you just want to just curl up in a ball and hide. And you're like, I was 10, you know, like how is this that this does it? And our automatic reaction is to like go, like purposely go unconscious. Like, nope, 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 nope. I'm not gonna think about that. I'm not gonna think about that. Like shut your brain down, you know, like, because it's, it's hot. It's, you don't want to go there. You don't want to feel those emotions. And it's almost like now that we're talking about this and having that conversation, it's almost like you're, you know, that it's that soul call. It's like that universe knocking at the door saying, hey, here's something you haven't processed yet. Yeah. Like, it's an invitation almost. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's an invitation and an opportunity for constant forgiveness, which that's part of the practicing. If I'm practicing constant forgiveness, every single time I have a thought about anything I've ever done in the past that I feel ashamed about or feel guilty about, there's my opportunity to, to get in and forgive myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is an, in addition to that. I mean, I, I don't think it necessarily goes away just by being, I mean, well, I mean, sometimes it does. Sometimes I feel like there's stuff that I go, oh, yeah, you're forgiven for that. I mean, you know, that's just you're and forgiveness right then and there. But I also think that there's stuff like, oh, I want to get curious about what was that about? (laughs) And where is that in my life? And where am I playing that out? And getting an inquiry around that. And that's, you know, the beauty of getting to do one-on-one coaching with people is, you know, this client that I was talking about, you know, we get to be in an inquiry now around, you know, what is it that has you so squicked out about receiving? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and what's that, what's that, what's there to transform way down deep in your cells that has, and why is this, you know, and obviously this is an opportunity yeah. that's just presented itself that you get to go put your little curious hat on and go figure out yeah, uh, how to, how to be healed from it. I mean, that's the thing is that, that I heard yesterday at a new level Mm-hmm. is what I'm asking for is to be healed from it. Mm. Oh, that's a different... I'm not asking to, like, have it just go away. Right. 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 Like, like just let's pretend like it's not there anymore. <laughs> right? But I'm asking to be healed from it. And if I'm being healed from it, then that's, like, literally getting in sometimes and scraping out the wound and really, you know, getting all the gunk out so it can really heal. Yeah. There's probably work to do in there. That doesn't just happen. You know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, with that doctor analogy, I mean, thinking about it, like you got to, there's, you got to take the tumor out. I mean, you can't just keep putting a bandaid on it. Um, Right. And I do think that there's part for me, my spiritual, my spiritual practice is that, you know, we're all perfect in our core, right? The core of us is the universe. The essence of me is the universe. And so, there's nothing to heal 
in terms of like, there's nothing to fix or change. Mm -hmm. It's to get right with myself around the fact that that like get out of my process through my being and through my thoughts and cells, anything that is not the idea that I'm at the core of me. Perfect. (laughs) And that's all wired in there. And so I'm asking to, to, when I'm asking to be healed or to forgive myself, that's what I'm, that's what I want to get to is that idea that really at the core of me, there's nothing else but perfection. Uh-huh. Yeah. All the rest of it is illusion. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the, what we've, what we've created. What we made up. Yeah. Exactly. It's that, it's that story. Then we get back to that. We're back to the, back to the beginning, which is why am I creating it this way? Look at all the juice in that. Oh, that yeah. victim stuff I get to create. Yeah. And it, and when you're thinking about it and it from that perspective that victim mentality is so frustrating yet so comfortable. You know, like because it yeah. means that you can just let I me mean, you can just take yourself out of it, you know? Like yep. when you were a kid you had this lemonade stand and these assholes from down the street came and they did this to you and then you I have no culpability at yeah. all. Oh yeah. And <laughs> you didn't and like what would you have done differently? You know, how could I have done anything differently? This is what would have been expected of me. You know, it's those things, those conversations that you have. Wow, yeah. And that you just those layers and layers and layers of emotion that go on top of it. And then we're, you know, striving for the perfect place. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, there's so much in that, that I'm just like mind a little bit exploded about. (laughs) So I'm going to have to sit on it. Just even thinking about all of the different ways that this does affect me. And when I keep having, here's the other part. When I keep having these same emotional responses, it's so much easier for me to make myself wrong again you know because i'm like why the fuck can't i just do this you know like i brought up the dad thing yeah yeah. because it can take so long it's taken me years i mean i just saw a video of my posted on facebook a video of emmett from when he was three and it's like god i forgot it he's six i mean it's like it's been i've been in this inquiry for a long time (laughs) around the whole dad thing right it's taken me this long to finally have a like a thought, a shift that has me get really what is the core of it is this whole illusion that is, it's an illusion. Totally. My children are not experiencing the fear that I felt when I was a kid. It's not happening. I'm making that shit up because I'm so terrified of being like my dad that I ended up being like my dad. Yep. <laughs> what you focus Crazy on gets bigger. Shit. Yeah. 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 Well, you think about it too. It could have been even just a moment where there's like a flash where maybe, you know, Emmett's like face shows it something that's like literally a second in time. And two seconds later, he's off running around doing whatever. But you see that and you process that as your. My fear. Your fear. Not as his fear. I mean, he could have been like, oh, you know, dad's dad's mad and he could have that. Even if he has a moment of fear, that still doesn't make you your dad. And that still doesn't make him have a life of fear. You know, like, it's okay for your kids to 
have, you know, some of those responses or whatever. It's like, you know, you want your kid to, to yeah, you're not, gonna not run into the street, you know, like it's okay for your kid to be afraid of getting squished by a car, you know? Well, and they're going to have, mo- we're going to have moments, but that's the thing is like, I had such a, such a vision of what it was to be a parent mm-hmm. and that look at all these happy people. And I had it that like, you know, I mean, seriously, I know this sounds silly, but I really have had just recently had this like big aha that like everybody has days when they yell at their kids. <laughs> like everybody does it. Oh, like, it's yes. Not, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I, yes, Jay. I had it like, oh no, some people are just always loving and kind. And, you know, like oh, I'm no. like a whack job around this stuff because I'm so wired up about you know, being afraid of it. Yeah. I mean, it's been a huge shift for me to get like, wow, okay, that's what's going on is I'm trying to be perfect at this. Once I let go of trying to be perfect at it and give up making myself wrong for every, at every turn, that's the thing for me too. And I, I assert, I had a coach tell me one time that he could always count on one thing he could always count on me for was to that I would make myself wrong. Yeah. And I've said that to you. Like, I know that that's always going to be at play for me, mm-hmm. that that's just my go-to. It's one way I get out of things is I beat the crap out of myself. And so, you know, if I, that's happening for me, it's most of the time happening for other people. And I see it happen on my clients all the time. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's an easy place to go. And so if we can step out of that. And I ruin everything. So, I mean, right. why not? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to ruin parenthood. I'm going to ruin. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to ruin it all. So <clears throat> might as well yeah. start there. It's right. interesting that you say that too about, you know, wanting that fear about being the perfect parent. But you really wanted to be a dad. And I think that there are a lot oh, yeah. of people who grow up in situations like yours or who have that kind of emotional response to a parent that they, they do the opposite. They, they have no desire to have children right. because of the, the yeah. fear that they would become that is so strong. Yeah. That's my arrogance. I mean, I, I'm not kidding. Like <laughs> I honestly <laughs> believe it was it, at least at this moment when my answer about that would be, that's cause I'm so arrogant that I thought I'm going to do it right. Yeah. I'm not going to screw it up like that. I'm not going to screw up my kids, right? I'm going to be a fun, loving, awesome dad. Yeah, which you are. Which I am. (laughs) You are. (laughs) Not 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Not 24 hours a day, seven days a week. (laughs) Nobody can be. for sure. But that's the standard I was holding myself to, you know, which is ridiculous. I just think that we don't have a... You know, I don't even know if there is such a thing as reality, but I know that our sense of reality or what we perceive as reality is not the truth. Right. Dude, this is so, I, 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 this is a big one. I think that most people out there can sit there. I mean, and I know that when I'm writing and when I'm talking, when I'm, when I have made myself wrong, or if I'm sitting there telling myself the story and I can process that story and I get there first, the fact that I can now celebrate the fact that I got there that I'm I'm noticing it at all. That's a huge shift. It's a huge shift and that's I really want people to get that cuz especially people who are just like starting to do this work, the first big step is to observe yourself being however you're being, you know, and re- responding the way you're responding or watching yourself respond and knowing that it's okay. That there's so much power in 
you know, you're starting to do this work and you're starting to be able to observe yourself being however you're being and doing whatever you're doing. And then there's this impetus to make yourself wrong for that. And if you can celebrate that you're even observing it for the first in the first place, that's a little bit of a shift. If you can just give up and the make wrong and start getting curious about like, why am I responding to somebody being kind to me by being a jerk? <laughs> right? Why am I doing that? Someone just waited on me hand and foot and I'm treating them like shit. Why did I do that? Right. But and rather than being like, I'm an asshole, you know, and then just leaving it that that's just the truth that you're an asshole. It's like, no, how about we celebrate the fact that we can even observe that we're doing that and then start to get curious about why am I so resistant to people, you know, serving me or whatever it is. You know, why am I why do I have it that I can't be served, that I'm the one that has to serve you? And if I don't serve you, if you do serve me, you won't even do it right. So I don't even know why I'm doing it. You know, like that kind of stuff. Right. Why would I let you do that? I'm the one that's supposed to take care of everything. Yep. Well, and, and, if, you, and you, if you start from that celebration point, you're starting from this. It's like, you know, you're starting on cement versus sand. I mean, like. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a, just a totally different place to leap off from. Um Wow. Because if you're starting from that make wrong place, I mean, you observe yourself and that's a victory. And then you go making yourself wrong for it. It's like you just took two steps back. Yep. Because then you're like, if you're, if you're back beating yourself up. Back in a swirl. Yep. Back in a swirl. Yeah. Yeah. That can be, the make wrong is as unconscious as the initial, you're just doing it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that, that's what I assert is that the make wrong can be so unconscious. It's like, oh, look at myself and then. Look at myself being this, and then I'm mad at myself, or I'm frustrated because I don't want to be that way. But if I'm making myself wrong, it just perpetuates more of the same. So if I can give it up and just step from, oh, first I'm going to celebrate that I can see me doing this. And boy, sometimes when you see yourself doing stuff, you the last thing you could do is celebrate. Because yeah. <laughs> it feels like, God, I'm such an ass. Yeah, yeah. But... Or like it's so deep seated that you're just like you want to push it away and you want to be like nope right. nope 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 you know fingers in the yeah. ears la 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 right. la la right I'm not that I'm guy I'm not gonna deal I'm with that, that. yeah <laughs> I'll just be grateful instead yes right? yeah <laughs> such crap and then yeah. your BS meter goes off because you're like that's right. not possible that's not real yeah and then to process that emotion you know because that's that's what a lot comes out for me when I'm when I'm trying to well like journal on something that's hitting me you know and I'm trying to figure it out it's all these emotions that usually is what I'm like journaling about it's like it's these things and 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 I can almost excuse them by creating these emotions around them and say oh gosh you know well it's because I'm afraid or it's because I'm I'm sad or whatever it might be versus being like okay that's an emotion, and that emotion is something that I've got to let go. I've got to get that out. I've got to get. Yeah. I've got to let go of that emotion that's attached to this story. Otherwise, the story is just going to keep coming back every time I feel that emotion. It may even come back in a different form. Yeah. But well, whatever that emotion is, it'll make sure to generate that emotion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's what I think. Wow. So yeah. Interesting. Many things. Huh? Yeah. I think that this one's something that <clears throat> we can. Definitely. And I think we'll keep coming back to because anytime that we are doing coaching around anything, this is sort of a step. It's almost like a step 1A, you know, like step one, you know, it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, you know this. When I first, when you come to me with something to coach around, the one of the, one of the very first things I ever ask you to do is to give up making yourself wrong or making it wrong that it is the way it is. You know, and so I, it's important, I think, and something I'm adding to my toolkit is like, and let's celebrate that you're in that observer mm-hmm. spot. Like, let's shift. That's a nice little shift just to acknowledge your progress because I think that, that acknowledging every inch of progress along the way, because sometimes it feels like, you know, one step forward and two steps back. Yeah, <laughs> right? totally. I think acknowledging every inch of progress along the way really can help us to shift Oh look, I'm making progress. I'm I'm in this. I'm you know I'm I'm doing the work. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna be bumping up here against an hour, so we're gonna. Um, <clears throat> gosh, <clears throat> and I've got so many things in my head that's rolling around. So I've got like I'm sure everybody else who's listening do, do does as well. So. Go to uh, Doing the Work with Jay and Becca, our Facebook page, and and let us know what you guys think of this. Is this something that makes more sense to you? Is this something, can you celebrate? Are you there? Like, can you get to that place where you notice and and then you can celebrate? And let us, you know, walk through that with you. Because I think that that's a big thing to to be able to offer to yourself. And it's what a gift. What a gift to be able to, like, say... I get to celebrate this versus just wallow in it. You know, when I recognize it, I don't have to just wallow in it. I can celebrate the fact that I, I fucking recognized it, you know, like what a huge accomplishment because it really is. It's huge. It's huge. And then asking to see it differently and processing emotion, the whole thing. I mean, I think it's all real other muscles to flex that we haven't really talked about a lot, you know? Um, And that's so important. Those there, it, it's all a muscle, right? We've talked about that a lot. We're, we're building up a muscle because none of us are, we haven't been trained to do this. Nope. <laughs> none of it. No, nope. so, we're probably like the, you know, you think about it, we're pretty weak and we're starting like from that point. You don't go into, I said this to someone the other day when we were talking about the work and I said, you know, you don't start a marathon, you don't go out and run a marathon if you've never worked out no. in your life. Like mm-hmm. you literally have to like take these little steps and I think that, people are so like, oh, well, I, I know it now. I, I, I see it. So now it should all just become clear. No. Yeah. And <laughs> no. which is, no, that's like picking up a make wrong stick and beating the hell out of yourself with it. Oh, hell yeah. And if anybody yeah. can listen here and hear Jay saying, who's been in this work and is our coach and is the one who's been, you know, he's right here with us. You're right here with us doing it. You know, yeah. and that's what I love so much about yeah. working with you is that a you're not afraid to admit when you're in the middle of something, and b it's like when you do have those aha moments, you're like jumping out here to share. So I appreciate that so much. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I that's part of I love doing the work and uh, continuing to transform myself. And I mean, I'm fascinated myself. I mean, I'm a pretty highly trained individual. <laughs> it's always <laughs> fascinating when I can go completely unconscious. <laughs> God, I'm like, damn it, I just went unconscious again. <laughs> what the hell? It's amazing. But I hope it provides room for everybody to know that you're going to go unconscious. Please don't beat yourself up for it. Um, and if you can have those moments of really being able to observe yourself doing something, let's celebrate that. And let's That's a real powerful baby step. So thanks for joining us. Please leave us a review uh, if you like us or you don't. We don't care. Leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And uh, keep coming back. All right. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye, Jay.
All right, well, thank you so much for joining us on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We hope that you got a little slice of practical transformation that you can use in your personal and business life. And here's what we want to leave you with. Whether you are just starting on this journey of practical transformation and just starting with baby step affirmations just to focus you in a direction of loving yourself or whether you've been doing this work for a long time and you can literally say, I am thrilled with the path my life is on, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. The thing that's in front of you is the thing that's going to have you at your most powerful once you accomplish it. And what I know and what we know is if you're willing to take baby steps with progress, not perfection, and just staying on that horse, you're going to get there. And we're going to get there with you. So thanks for being with us. Now, don't forget to go and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And reach us at info at doing, uh, sorry, info at jayandbecca.com. And that will let us know if you have any topics you want us to cover or anybody you want us to interview. Maybe you. You can reach us on our Facebook page too, right? Yep. Yeah, totally. So um, that's just facebook.com slash Becca. All right. We'll see you around next time. Bye, Thanks for joining Jay. us.